So we have a very interesting lesson tonight in Revelation chapter 10. Uh, you guys remember we left off with the seventh trumpet judgment about to sound. Once the seventh trumpet judgment sounds, there's very severe consequences, very severe punishment on earth. Immediately, pretty much immediately following the trumpet judgments come what they call the bowl judgments, B-O-W-L, the bowl judgments. Uh, and they come kind of like boom, 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 boom. You know, the trumpet judgment, sometimes there have been months in between each one. There was, there was some gaps in between. But you're going to see in the bowl judgments that come up after this, it's pretty much immediate, like just one after another, bang, 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 bang. And that's pushing us very closely, close to the end of Revelation and the end of the world, basically. Um, so this is pretty interesting. Before the end of the world happens and, and God officially you know, separates people into the heaven or hell for all eternity, there are some crazy, crazy things that take place and some crazy events. So I titled this message, Rainbows, Giant Angel, and Tiny Scroll. So that pretty much sums up what we're about to, we're about to read. Um, so buckle up. I'll read, I'll read the first part here. We're going to kind of break it down part by part because there's a lot to this. So it's in Revelation chapter 10. Let me read it off to you here. It says in verse 1, and this is John talking, I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. He had a little book open in his hand. And he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. When he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. So in those first few passages, sounds like a scene from like a Marvel movie. Um, and it's pretty intense. Uh, I had to do a lot of research, like I said, to kind of figure out what this may imply. So who's this giant angel? There's a lot of speculation about that. Nobody actually knows because the Bible doesn't tell us. Some people believe it might be Michael, since he's like the archangel. Uh, it may be he's like the angel of the angel armies. Maybe Michael. Uh, it could be Gabriel, or it could just be another mighty angel. Um, all throughout Revelation, you see there's lots of mighty angels, like angels that have big positions in heaven, and they're very powerful. So it may just be another giant angel. The point is, the Bible leaves that out because who the angel is is not really that important. What the angel represents is. And now here's, here's what the angel represents. So, one, he's wrapped in a cloud, okay? The angel's wrapped in a cloud, and he has a rainbow on his forehead. Now, that seems weird to us. Like, we're like, that's odd. Like, why would he be wearing a rainbow on his, on his, around his forehead, on his head? Here's the thing. Do you guys remember how the world got destroyed the first time? It was the flood. And so the rainbow is God's promise that he's not going to destroy the earth by a flood again. But you're about to see God destroy the earth in a different way. And so the rainbow kind of shows that God's done this before. God's judgment is going to come to pass, just like it did in the flood. But it's not going to be the same way this time. It's going to be a different method. And so, again, this is very symbolic um, that the, the rainbow represents judgment, God's finalized judgment, and that this judgment will be different than the one last time. 
And you're going to see that there's not really water to use at all. Um, and then it says um, he has an appearance, basically radiant appearance. So having this radiance appearance, this glowing kind of appearance, yes, he's an angel, so that makes sense. But also this kind of ties into, you know, God is glorified. He's majesty. God's glory is being revealed right now, and he is showing that he is God and, and God alone. Now, I want you guys to think about one last part here about this angel. His feet, it said, were fiery. They had a fiery remiscent, uh, and people speculate that the, the, the fire on the legs or why the legs were on fire basically means um, it, it represents the pillar of fire in the wilderness, which is a manifestation of God's holiness, mercy, and also judgment. If you go back in the Old Testament, sometimes fire was used as like a judgment from God as well. So when you look at this angel, at first glance, it's like, this is really weird. Why, why does the angel look like this? But when you start really breaking down uh, every part of the angel, basically the entire angel represents God's judgment, his mercy, and that God's glory is being revealed. That kind of makes sense? So again, this is very symbolic. If the angel actually looks like this, I, I'm not sure. It's very possible. But the important part is it kind of symbolizes God's judgment coming forth. All right, so now we're going to get to some crazy stuff here. The thunder. The angel speaks. Okay, now listen to what it says here. And I heard a voice from heaven saying to me. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, wrong one. Verse 3. And he cried with a loud voice, is when a lion roars. When he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. Now, when the seven thunders uttered their voices, I was about to write, this is John talking, but I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, seal up the things which the seven, seven thunders uttered, and do not write them. Now, here's what happened here. So, when thunder roars, all of us that live on earth, can say it makes a sound, makes a noise, obviously. It's a very powerful noise. So the same thing would happen in this time period as well. This time, though, when the thunders rumble, they actually speak audible words. Now, that would be crazy creepy. So if you're living on Earth, and all of a sudden this thunder roared, and it actually spoke words to you, that would be pretty terrifying. Uh, now, here's what this represents. Throughout scripture, and back in this time period, here's what's really crazy. Thunder, and people, I, I, concept of thunder back then, actually represented a coming judgment. So, again, you see the angel come down, proclaiming this judgment is about to happen. You know, God's done it before, he's going to do it again. And now you hear the thunder speak, and the people back then would have understood that this means judgment's coming. There's all these signs and symbols that judgment is coming. Now, what's also important to note, though, is that God tells John, don't write down what the thunder said. That's really, commentators go back and forth on that. Scholars go back and forth on that. Why did God say that? But there's something about that God didn't want us to know until it happens. Which, if you think about that, it's pretty interesting. Like, God gives us a very big, big picture on how the end times are going to happen, but there's certain details God leaves out on purpose that nobody's going to know until that time. As far as those that live on earth today, none of us are going to know exactly all the details that happen 
until they actually get fulfilled. So although we're hearing all these judgments in Revelation, there's actually probably more judgments than just what we hear, but we don't know exactly what that is and how severe those are because for whatever reason, God decided to steal those from us and not reveal those until the actual day of judgment. Kind of interesting to think about that. Uh, again, it's speculation on why God would do that, but ultimately we're not God, so God has a bigger plan than us, and you know, he knows what he's doing. Uh, so as we kind of go through here, I want you guys to listen to verse 6. Now, prepare your hearts, because when we go into verse 8, it gets real weird, okay? But I, I, I'm going to try to explain it. So verse 6 says this. Um, I'll start in verse 5, actually. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised up his hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it. So important to note there, the angel raises his hand and he swears this oath by the one that lives forever and ever. So this is God, you know, or Jesus. You can kind of combine with the Trinity there, the Holy Spirit. So he raises his hand and he's given this oath to God. And the angel says this here, that there shall be delay no longer, but in the days of the surrounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God will be finished, as he declared to his servants and the prophets. What's crazy cool about this is, if you go back to the beginning part of Revelation, there, there's, these, there's this picture of the martyrs under the altar, and they're saying, God, how much longer? How much longer until you come back? How much longer will you delay your coming? And now the angel's saying, there's no more delay. Here it comes. The judgment's coming. It's going to come real fast and real quick. And so it's kind of neat here to see the progression of Revelation here. And you saw God's plan with the judgments. And now we've gotten down to the final part here. And the angel's declaring to the world, God's saying, it's coming now. I'm giving an oath. All that God's promised is about to come to pass. Okay. Now, um, also what's kind of neat here is if you realize this little scroll that he's reading is opened already. What's interesting about that is every other scroll, the angel opened. You remember that? Like it, should, it tells them opening the scroll. Now, there's no, there's no description here of the angel actually opening the scroll. It just says the scroll is already open. Why that's important is... This particular judgment was probably given directly from God. God probably gave this angel the other scroll, and it was already opened. It was already opened, and so the angel was reading an open scroll. Um, and that also is probably why God decided not to say certain things in the scroll, or I'm sorry, not, not to say, not to reveal those to us, because it's just so powerful, and, it, and, it, and it's so mighty. And we're going to wait for that time to see this. Okay, now are y'all ready for the real weird part? Alright. Listen closely here. This is this is where it gets a little crazy. So everybody kind of understand where we're at right now? Get, get the picture? Alright. Here we go. It starts in verse number 8. <clears throat> now this is going to be talking about John. Just so you know, it's talking about John again. John is now really in the middle of the scene here. Then the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again and said, Go take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the earth. So I went to the angel and said to him, Give me the little book. 
That's so weird if it's like, you go to this mighty angel, read that book. <laughs> it's just the way it's written now. I'm not sure that's translated exactly right, but that's how the ESV says it. And then the angel said to John, Take and eat it, and it will make your stomach bitter, but it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth. Then I took the little book out of the angel's hand, and I ate it, and it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And he said to me, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. So, so how many of you are going to be like, yeah, I'm trying not to eat that little scroll that God just gave the angel? Uh, <laughs> um, so this is the really odd part of Revelation. What Did John actually eat the scroll? You know, what does this mean here? Um, so I did some research, like I said, and there's some things to note. Because, again, we look at this in today's time, we're like, that is weird. Um, but if you put it back into the time when this would have been written, people understood things and language a little bit differently. And they are very poetic in some of the things they said. Uh, eating back then, the concept of eating, sometimes would actually refer to how somebody ingested knowledge. So the concept of, actually, of eating didn't always mean you actually ate literal food. Sometimes it means like you just ingested some kind of knowledge within you. So did John actually eat the scroll? Maybe. Probably not, though. It's probably more of a symbolic thing, saying that John is ingesting the knowledge that he just received from this angel. And, he, and the angel tells him at the end, go and prophesy some more. So now with having this knowledge within him, John is going to go out and continue prophesying. That kind of makes sense. However... He says that it's going to be bitter to your stomach, but sweet to your mouth. And people think, well, what does that mean? Why would that, why would that, it's just paper, right? Well, again, this is a symbolic thing. It, if this scroll, somehow, one perspective, this little scroll is basically the gospel being fulfilled. Because what's about to happen is all the unbelievers are about to get wiped out for their sins. And if they don't repent, and repentance, the window to repent is getting very small now. And then those that trusted in God will be in heaven with him for all eternity. So you're about to see two very different outcomes for people on earth. Those that follow the gospel, those that rejected the gospel. So the gospel is sweet to those who follow it. Because you're about to get eternal life and spend eternity with God. But at the same time... It's also a little bit bitter because you know all those that don't follow the gospel, all those that don't give their lives to Jesus, are about to be separated for all eternity from it. And so as a Christian, although you're excited and ready to be in heaven with God forever, there's also a moment of sadness and of disgust because you know many people aren't going to choose that path. And I think the same thing is true with God, that when God's in heaven... He's just, so he's going he's gonna to follow through. He's going to issue these judgments. But he doesn't desire for that to happen. It even says in the Bible, he desires for all to come to repentance in him. And so even when God is unleashing these judgments, there's a part probably in there that God's excited about finally having all of his you know, believers, all of his children in heaven with him for the rest of eternity and Satan being completely defeated. But there's also a little bit of sadness and in disgust because he knows when he does this, 
Many, many people are going to be separated now from him for all eternity. Does that make sense? So there's a, it's a contrast, kind of both is happening in John right now, and also figuratively in God as well as he's going through this. So the important thing to note here is, as this judgment is unleashed, we'll get to you next week, the time to repent is very, very small now. Because the, the, the time is near, as the angel said, they're not going to have months and months in between now. It's going to be bam, 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 into the world. So, so John is seeing this. God is feeling this. People in heaven are feeling this. The anticipation, the weight, the heaviness is there. Because, again, there's excitement, but there's also sadness because of what's about to take place. So when you get to, so this is the last seal. It's open. That's a good point. But then you're also going to have these what they call bold judgments, which are kind of like just the last little bit, kind of the tail ends, the, the seventh trumpet judgment. But you don't have a long gap in between those. So during this time period, yeah, you could still repent, but it's a lot smaller window now than what it was when the judgment started with the trumpet judgments. And God, and God has basically uh, told people about this because as he's been given the judgments, they've gotten gradually worse and worse. And he's given them warning after warning after warning, like, hey, if you don't repent, things are going to get worse. And now the angels saying that the time is near, you know, repentance, the window is closing. If you don't repent now, you're about to not have any time left. Um, so very interesting. We'll dive into a little bit more next week. I want to get some questions with you guys and some comments.